Well, an interesting week as usual. Corn futures finished with double-digit gains as rumors of more Chinese purchases circulated around. Both July and December contracts made new highs Tuesday on talk of higher feed demand and new export demand. Bit of a bullish trend going on in the market this past week with continued concerns that uh, Ukraine was going to be lucky to grow half a crop this year. And the other part of that is is that we don't know for sure how that's all going to shake down. Dry weather, parts of Brazil may limit production there. That's some of the talk on the street. And there's all these foreign buyers running around trying to find new sources to fill their needs with uh, the disruption over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And of course, we've got our own weather problems. We're going to peel all of this back. Talk with the guys coming up. They're brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. Your membership supports the efforts of the Farm Bureau and represents farm interests in the state legislature and to Congress in D.C. Your membership is a big help. Become a member. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Well, guys, this week you're telling me that you have come up with three major things that could really alter this market. David, why don't you kick us off? Everybody's so set on the prices going higher and thinking that, well, what can we end up with at the top side? But I want to talk about the downside of this market because, you know, you always think when you get to the point where it's got to go up, you get blindsided by the news like we were a few weeks ago when they said there was a ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine and everything went limit down instantly. And that's the top item on our list. That's the number one item. If we get a settlement of the situation in Ukraine, I think the markets would sell off swiftly. But since now they've already started planting, they made some progress and they are making a bit of progress, not like they normally do. I don't think the hit would be as bad as it was earlier because they are talking about Moldavia increasing their planting. They also have gotten a port to get props out of there from another neighboring country by rail. So it would be a very negative factor for the market if military conflict between Ukraine and Russia was to cease. You said it would have a a negative reaction. I totally agree, David. I just think, uh, in fact, it'll probably overreact initially. We may have nothing but air for two days, if that were to happen. It may turn around and bounce back somewhat, but definitely will have a huge negative impact. You know, one of the things that's really fascinating about this is, you know, a lot of people look at it and think that, well, that's a situation that's over there. It doesn't really impact us. But, John, you know, a senior Ukrainian ag official was saying that uh, sunflower oil exports could drop to 3.4 million metric tons, so nearly half. And that continued lack of Black Sea exports of sunflower oil have pushed prices higher, obviously. But it's also interesting that it supports soybean oil and, by extension, the entire soybean complex. So it really is affecting us. Oh, absolutely. We've talked about this somewhat before, but all components of the soybean complex are bullish. You know, the the meal components are strong, demand for soybean meal, and supplies are relatively tight. We know the soybean situation. Well, soybean oil, same way. The Ukraine accounts for 80% of all sunflower oil exports, and that's down sharply, and that gap has to be filled. And it's being filled by other vegetable oils, in particular soybean oil, increasing demand for soybean oil, tightening supplies causing prices to go higher and higher and higher. And the same thing with Malaysian palm oil. Palm oil is the largest vegetable oil that's consumed in the world. 
And they've had their own problems. That's intensified, of course, by the Ukrainian sunflower oil situation. Now, we do understand that uh, they're going to step up production. They're getting some labor in there, and they're going to increase production. But palm oil prices have continued to set new highs. Veg oils have exploded, which is bullying the whole soybean complex even more than what we are used to thinking about. And, David, there's another component to the undergirding of the soybean complex, and that is uh, out of Brazil, you know, with their weather situation down there. What I'm hearing is is that, uh, that we anticipate further downgrades to the Brazilian crop in the future. At least that's kind of been the talk on the street this week. What are you hearing? Yeah, and there's a couple of things that I want to bring in. First of all, let me go to Argentina first because it was a week and a half ago. No one's talking about this because their corn was fairly far along, but they had a frost freeze down there. No one's saying anything about that in their corn country, and all they would we'll talk about is how good their corn crop is, but wait and see. Also, on Brazil. This is the switch of a lifetime. Instead of being too dry in the south, it's too wet in the south. And now the central part that had been so wet with flooding is actually turning dry <laughs> for these late finishing beans down there. That could be an issue. And it's certainly going to affect the safrina corn crop, I'm hearing. So yes, that's something definitely to keep in mind. As you look here going forward, that could be a negative or a positive for us either way. I don't think we're decided on that, but it seems like Brazil and Argentina always are a negative force because they try and capture as much export business from us as they can. That's for sure. <laughs> so what is the latest on the safrina corn crop? Because, again, you know, we hear the weather information about it. Like we mentioned last week, you know, there's been all this talk about the weather and it ruined the crops and they couldn't get it in fast enough. And, David, you were talking about the fact that they were harvesting one and then right next to that they were planting right into the soil. And yeah. It was just yeah. crazy. But one of the points that maybe you can elaborate on was that this year, you know, we're talking about 114 and last year it was 87. And I think that a lot of people looked at all of the issues that they were having down there and thinking, okay, well, it's going to be a lower crop, so it's going to be more demand for our stuff. But uh, they planted so much more this year than last. Even if they do have problems, they're going to be higher than last year's production. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're looking at 116 now over 114, because I know a lot of people are still stuck there, but I've even seen a few that are talking about 118. Now, you're not going to go much more than 116, wow. I feel, a Safrina corn crop. But the thing I want to concentrate on is this drier weather affecting that crop probably fairly negatively in some areas, especially in the central part. But again, the majority of the grain is grown in all of the southern part of Brazil. I know the Safrina crop is grown more in the central part, but still, that's all switched here. And now the central parts dry so that could affect the test weight on the corn because you get poor fill if it starts to dry out yeah. they'll still have their good yield so it may not be as problematic for us it's for them because it'd be a quality issue not a production issue okay let's all right i gotta take this guy to task here david all we've heard about is how well the safrina crop is doing and how much larger it's going to be than expected uh, several weeks ago and how they're adding to the total brazilian corn production that's all we've heard about. It's true. However, 60 to 65% of the safrina crop is actually experiencing some dry weather right now. You say, all oh, you're worried about is quality? That's going to affect quantity, too, if it maintains itself. So keep an eye on that one. Here, here. <laughs> I can't argue with them. Well, that's disappointing. We count on you guys arguing with each other. Well, we got to take a break right there. We'll be back with more with Coley and Kavanaugh right after this. Portions of Midwest Ag are brought to you each week by Pribble Ag Products. And Bob Pribble says, hey, don't send anything to auction without giving Bob a call and getting a quote first. You see, Pribble Ag Products is buying used equipment daily. Buy, sell, or trade, or maybe you're looking for something new from names like Kilbros, Parker, Seuss 
steel top air sprayers. Check out Pribble's inventory. It's online right now at pribbleagproducts.com. Podcasts by Federated Media.